So we are in our second Sunday of 2022. Last week we had our covenant service and I really enjoyed our time together. And for me, I was reminded of the importance to pray, to study the scripture, and to allow that to help me to love others better. So that's my encouragement for us now to continue to do that into 2022. And let's see expectantly what God will do with us. Let's see how he will change us for the better. Uh, I want to just share an introduction to you for the theme for today and going forward. When I was applying for the pastorate at North Street Church, I was really encouraged that the church had chosen the great commandment and the great commission as its foundational scriptures for setting the church's vision going forward. As the new minister here at North Street Church, I don't want to choose a different biblical text to build our vision upon. For me, these commandments of Jesus are the perfect way to express who we are and what we're striving to do. I'll read those texts to us to remind us of our vision together. And these are Jesus' words. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Uh, that's from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 40, and the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 19 to 21. Now, over the coming weeks, I want to unpack these commandments, because they are foundational for us as we move forward together. I want to use the epistles written by the apostles to offer us instruction and to teach us to be better at loving and bringing others into the loving relationship they can have with God. During this sermon series that we'll explore, I want us to examine and pray through how we respond to the great commandments with the question, what does love require of me? My hope is that at the end of this series, we at North Street Church will have a renewed sense of our vision and be challenged, inspired and excited to live a life of wholehearted love towards God and towards others. Let's pray. Loving God, as we come together today, we bring you our thanks for this place where week by week we can come and share fellowship for this church dedicated to worshipping you and for this time set aside from the daily tasks of life so that we can offer you our praise, reflect on your word and seek your will. Unite us through the love of Christ as we embark on this adventure together to discover what you are requiring of us. Amen. It will not surprise us that the Apostle John, who was the author uh, of uh, the Gospel of John, 
was also responsible for writing 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and the book of Revelation. The epistle 1 John has a fatherly tone, and you'll probably know that, and you'll pick that up. But is also theologically rich. Uh, he challenges uh, the Gnostic heresy with the truth of the gospel and the implications of the gospel to us. But the epistle has been described as the classic epistle on love. So if we're going to think about love, that's a good place to go to. The classic epistle on love. I believe it clearly answers the question about our purpose and function as disciples of Jesus. Have you ever asked yourself the question, what is my calling in life? What is your answer to that question? Do you believe you are here to acquire possessions and as much money as possible to ensure your security and that you'll have enough? Or is it to attain status, power and influence because then you'll finally be seen as important by others and that will improve your sense of self-worth? Or is it based on personal achievements and success because then others will see what a gift to the world you are and you'll feel your contribution is significantly greater perhaps than others maybe it's to simply experience happiness of course we all want external circumstances to be good and kind and we want to feel happy but is that realistic all the time. I'll confess to you that all of these things I've struggled with and probably still do struggle with, but we're, I'm amongst friends, I'm in a safe space, so I can share that with you. Brothers and sisters, we know the answer to the question. Our calling in life is learning to love others. The Apostle John said, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Of course, we have secondary pursuits and interests that help to bring us enjoyment and fulfillment, work and leisure. But our primary calling in life, I believe, is to love and develop our relationships with God and with other people. Being happy, having possessions, having authority, and even being successful are all good things, and they are blessings to us. But if we fail to learn to love God and to love others, we've missed the reason for our being. Rick Warren says, learning to love is life's most important lesson. Loving God and people is the most important thing that we can do with our lives. This brings us back to the great commandment, which Jesus called the greatest commandment. Why is life all about learning to love? Why? Because God is love. And he wants you and I to become more and more like him. Love itself has its origin 
in God, who is love. And when we are actively loving others, we are close to him and reflect who he is. It's only by knowing and experiencing the true source of love that we're able to genuinely love others. Love comes from God, but also love leads us to God. The reason I have devoted my life to God is because I have been a recipient of his love. Would I have become a Christian if, you, if I had had rules and the law placed before me and been given a choice? I don't know. But I do know I became a Christian because I tasted the love of God and it broke me. It entered into my heart and showed me another way forward, another way of living. It showed me that I was loved, that I was important. And it showed me that others are loved and they are important. It's by the powerful force of love that God is made known in our world. The wind cannot be seen. Electric currents cannot be seen. But the effect of these natural forces are evident to us. In a similar way, the effect of God is love. When the love of God comes into a person's heart, they are clothed with it. The best and most convincing evidence of God's love as tangible, powerful, active and engaging in the world is not from a well-presented theological argument, but from a life devoted to loving. You will hear me say this again and again, probably each week. God's love was demonstrated in Jesus Christ. If we want to see God's love in action, we look to him and his life. And we copy him. When we look at him, we see that Jesus held nothing of his love back, but gave it all. He demonstrated his love through his sacrifice on the cross. And neither does God the Father hold his love back. He demonstrated his love when he gave his one and only son in order to rescue the entire human race. God cannot, his, God cannot escape his love for poor creatures like you and I. We are important to him. Not only does he love us, he wants to love us. He cannot escape his love for us. To not love us would go against his very being. That's hard for us to understand because often our love is conditional. We have become vessels that carry the love of God. William Barclay said, It is our destiny 
to reproduce the life of God in humanity and the life of eternity in time. I'll say that again. It's our destiny to reproduce the life of God in humanity and the life of eternity in time. We are here to share God's love with the world. We are here to make him known through his love at work in us. We have discussed that God loves us deeply and unconditionally, but there is a problem. It's that the biblical demand to love God and others is unnatural for us. It is human nature to put ourselves and our own interests first. Nonetheless, self-centeredness is a problem we all carry and is at the root of numerous problems in our world and it works against genuine biblical love. Self-centeredness works against genuine biblical love. Genuine biblical love puts the needs of others before our own. It is giving without expecting anything in return. It seeks to meet the needs of the other. Society often paints a picture of what it thinks love is and what love should look like. And is it just me or does it sometimes feel shallow and a weak portrayal of what love truly is? The need for love is often expressed in songs, but it is almost always communicated as romantic need or sexual lust. Often the artist expresses their needs to have what they want or what they desire in another person. And often this is based on the physical assets of a person and not the depth of their character. Popular culture and media is not adequately teaching us how to love others. We cannot look there to find instruction. Authentically loving others isn't always easy and it takes knowledge, God's grace and lots and lots of practice. And I'm so grateful that in the pages of the Bible, God has given us instruction on how to work it out, how to love people the way he loves them. We can't learn to love in isolation the pandemic has made it difficult for us to be able to express our love to others because we were unable to get close to them. We can't love in isolation because it requires of us practice. The practice of loving others means we need to be in community with others. Community is the essential context for which we practice love. We cannot practice love in isolation. We must develop relationships with all kinds of people in order to practice loving them. For us to practice loving, it is essential that we belong to a community, 
So what does love require of me? What does love require of you? Love requires us to engage in community. As members of North Street Church, we have each other to help us to develop our practicing loving. We have each other as a community to help us in our ability to love others better. Community, we could say, is the context in which we learn to love. I don't want to dive into this, but we just we only have to look at the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we see the community of God. God is a community of love. Our decision to respond to Jesus' commandment to love is an act of obedience. Loving others is top on the priority list for God. Jesus wasn't interested in upholding a shallow expression of love, but he radically raised the standard of love and redefined it. The love we know and have experienced is not shallow or superficial. True love is the parent who wakes repeatedly in the night to comfort their child or the friend who comes to the aid of an individual who is on the verge of emotional collapse, or the support worker who regularly helps a vulnerable individual with their intimate self-care because they are not capable to do it themselves. There are numerous examples of genuine love and what it looks like. Sacrificial love is the love we are called to. And it's the love that Jesus demonstrated. But none stir me more than remembering Jesus. Remembering him on the cross, dying for you and for me. Even while we were still lost in our sins. Jesus has commanded us to love others. And see them as highly valued children of God. When we have that opinion of people, it makes entering into and engaging with community so much easier, so much more desirable, so much more exciting. The people in our community, you and I, are well worth our time, our energy, our effort. And we must choose to love each other the way Jesus loves us. Most of you know I lived and served at Lee Abbey uh, in North Devon, which is a Christian community. Then there were a hundred uh, volunteers working there and living there. And um, when you, and, and I must say, up to now, it was one of the best times of my life. It was a wonderful time. And I realized when I joined community, I realized for me that's what I'd been missing out on. That strong experience of community and what it means to belong to community. But when, you, when I joined the community, uh, I had to make promises to the community and to God. 
And I won't say each of them because there are quite a few of them, but I will summarise them for you. They include affirming before the community your faith and desire to seek to deepen and mature your faith. Surrendering your mind, time, talents, possessions and all your relationships to Christ. Be loyal and committed to community, learning to live in fellowship and being known for who you are. Accepting one another in love, saying nothing of them that could not be said to them personally if love and wisdom required it. The regular discipline of Bible study, prayer and participation in worship and sacrament. Serving all those who come to the community. Promising to reveal a deeper knowledge of Christ through your words and work. Being welcoming to the stranger, a voice for the voiceless, and work to alleviate poverty and injustice. And finally, protect God's creation. There's quite a few promises there, and they're quite a commitment. But it would only be possible to practice and fulfill these promises in the context of community. Being community is really important, and that's the thrust of my message today. It's important not only for ourselves, but for others. Our community is important for me, but our community is important for each one of you. Because through it, we learn to love God better, and through it, we learn to love each other the way God loves you. We cannot obey the great commandments of Jesus in isolation. We have to be connected to God and to each other in order to love one another. Therefore, love requires community. We need each other to fulfill Jesus' command. Since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. God has shaped each of us uniquely. And together we all bring different skills, talents and perspectives. We all bring different needs, hurts, regrets into our community. But that's good. It's really good. The community may not always interact perfectly. There may be conflicts and tensions, but those challenging moments that we may face help us to grow. They help us to grow to be more like Jesus because we can't run away from each other. We're called to love one another, to engage with one another. And we do that in our community together. We can only ever really grow into the likeness of Jesus in fellowship with him and in community with his people. So, 
What does love require of me? What does love require of you? To belong to community. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your call on our lives to be your disciples. Thank you that you've called us as we are with all our faults and doubts. You've called us to belong to your family. Thank you that you chose each one of us because you love us. Help us to choose you with the way we live our lives and to choose your way of love so that we can build your kingdom and show others that you are calling them into your community. And I pray for each one of my friends here today that they may have a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit and know the importance of fellowship together in the context of community. In Jesus' name, amen.